Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and ladies and gentlemen, we have a full crew here tonight. It's been a while since we had the whole uh, the whole game here, but joining me today is, of course, Mr. Joe Cahill. Joe, how are you today, sir? I am doing well, and I'm excited to be here with everybody around. That's a cool. Awesome. Also joining us is Mr. Ray Rumsey. Ray, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me back. It's good to be back. I'm ready to talk some good stuff today. That's right. We got a lot to talk about. And uh, first, we have some news. Um, haven't had some any really big Star Wars news in a while, but uh, over the past couple of weeks or so, it's really been hitting hard and heavy with the news. And the first news that I wanted to talk about, because this all relates to The Mandalorian and some casting. The first one was, of course, and this happened probably about a month ago, um, was the announcement of, uh, da, 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 I can't think of her name. Katie Sackhoff? No. No, no, she was announced for something. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what her name is anyway. Um, Rosario Dawson is reportedly touted to play Ahsoka Tano in the upcoming um second season of Mandalorian. Now, this is a character that she has been wanting to play for a while. I remember, I think even up to a year ago, there were rumors and speculation about her getting the, a live action role. And she was really promoting that um, as being wanting to get that role. Um, now, I know there's a lot of people that were upset that she got the role ahead of um, Ashley Eckstein, who I think I, that's her name. Yeah. Um, who did the voice of Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. A lot of people felt she should get the role. But I feel this is a situation where I think they didn't make the right move. Um, I love Ashley's work, but I don't think she fit physically the role that they were looking for this character um as far as the age went the um the body type everything like that i think that rosario is much would be much more would much more better i could speak english i think she'd be a lot better in that in that role just because she is more physically fit and this is a role that would require a lot of physicality i think and while a character, you know, might think of a character and think like, oh, of course they'd be great for that role. Um, because while I hear their voice all the time, and that's the voice that I, I associate with that character, um, I don't necessarily think that just because the person has the right voice, they don't necessarily have the right look. Um, I give the example of um, Mark Hamill, speaking of Star Wars, and the Joker. While he does a great Joker voice, I don't know if I could see him physically as the Joker. 
just because he doesn't have that body type that I associate with the Joker look. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And and I was correct. Katie Sackhoff has been cast. Oh. Okay. We'll be doing um. Bo-Katan cries. Oh, Bo-Katan. Ooh. That's going to be. She is the first first actor or actress who voiced the character in the animations that is now going to get the opportunity to play them live. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Um, Bo-Katan, for those of you who don't know, was the leader of the of Mandalore and led the uprising against the Empire. Um, if you watch the Clone Wars, you first see her in there where she is part of a group called Death Watch that wishes to bring Mandalore back to its glory. Um, Mandalore at the time had was had been under centuries of pacifist rule, and the Death Watch were wanting to return to their warrior culture. So, um, and her sister was the Duchess of Mandalore, um, and apparent lover of Obi Wan Kenobi. So that could be really, really interesting. Uh, the other one is the news that apparently Timothy Oliphant is going to be playing Boba Fett. Well, at least wearing his armor. At least wearing the armor. Yeah. Yes, yeah. there's no... That's one of the things that I also wanted to talk about is there's this always these rumors that go along, around with that say, oh, so-and-so's going to be in the movie so-and-so has to be this character and i think until we get confirmation about anything we have to take everything we hear with a grain of salt um you know i think we can make some assumptions and some kind of educated guesses like especially with uh rosero dawson playing ahsoka due to the fact that she has campaigned to play this character for almost two years now i believe so I think we can we can pretty much assume that that's the character she's going to be playing. And um, like you said, um, the actress doing who did the voice of Bo-Katan, we can pretty much assume that she'll probably be playing that character too in the movie. Her in two major, major sci-fi franchises now. Yeah. Um, since she was Starbuck in the Galacticus. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I thought I recognized that voice. Yeah, she would make a great... If you look up the way the character looks of Bo-Katan, she's going to make a great Bo-Katan. She looks, right. she looks, like, she looks like that character, so... Um, and, great. And, of course, the rumor for, for uh, Timothy is uh, Cobb Vanth. Mm. Mm. From the first scene in the Aftermath trilogy. Interesting. And, by the way, I'm going to get a little shout-out in here. Uh, to Timothy, another fellow Modestin actor. Oh, and there we go. So, another one here from the hometown of uh, me, George Lucas. Uh, uh, you know, we got Hawkeye from here. So, kind of an interesting little town for. Um, and most of it seems to be sci fi fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Something in the water in Modesto. And last.
horribly mispronounced this name because it is um, uh, native Maori. My uh, my sister in law, who's New Zealand, is probably going to kill me for that um, <laughs> pronunciation. But I'm sorry. Uh, he is apparently going to be playing Rex, uh, fl former clone commander Rex, in the the um, season two. That's the rumor, at least. Um, he of course played Jango Fett and all the other clones in episode two and three so it would be almost like basically just replaying this you know a character that he has kind of played before um so so i think that would be interesting to see though you know those um all those characters come back to life and characters that a lot of time we've only seen animated being brought to the to the screen in real life and it's always, it's always gonna be hit or miss anytime they do that. Um, you know, what do you guys think about the idea of bringing these characters that we've only seen animated to real life? You know, to put them in real life um, for the first time. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. For one, it, you know, it, it, it's helping some continuity. Yeah. Uh, for those that are fans of, of anything and everything Star Wars, to recognize the voices and say, hey, you know, that's the same person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that's yeah. kind of a cool deal. Yeah. It definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, although there is there is the kind of fear that you're you're doing almost what they what they did with episode nine, where you're throwing in all the fan service and you could <laughs> yeah. almost, you could almost go overkill. You know, we have all these characters from like the clone wars and rebels and the books and everything coming out. It's like, is there going to be room for the actual characters that we've gotten to know in the first season of the Mandalorian to really shine? Or will it be constantly him going around like, Hey, look who I found. Hey, here's Ahsoka Tano. Hey, welcome. Um, you know. That's a very real possibility, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I think they need to really be, you know, how they use the character, how do they use these characters to make sure that they don't outshine the main star of it, who is, of course, the Mandalorian and the child, uh, Baby Yoda. Um, so, anyway, uh, moving right along to our main topic. Now, the last time um, me and Joe were on for a regular show, we looked at the most hated characters in Star Wars, and we kind of looked at why they were hated, was that hatred justified, and what could be done to make that character better. So today I want to kind of flip that whole idea on its head and look at some of the most beloved characters in Star Wars. And I'm going to kind of go around with you guys and ask each of you, who do you think is the most 
in your mind is the most beloved character in Star Wars. Um, I'll start with you, Ray. Who would you consider to be like the character that if you were to ask him, who's the most popular loved character in Star Wars, who would you say? Jar Jar Binks. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just talked about three years of you know being on the show, and now it's time for Ray to move on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I missed that episode, so I had to get that one in there to, hey. for the the most hated. But I would honestly say, if there was a collective decision, and that I was casting a vote for it, I would say Obi Wan. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. So we have one for Obi Wan. Uh, what about you, Joe? Well, I of course have to go with Lord Darth Vader. That's mm -hmm. mm, that's interesting. Um, I'm going to go with Han Solo. I think I think there are other characters that are definitely more popular, but I think there is definitely something about Han that really resonates with fans and people really really love that character. And I think what's interesting about each one of those characters is they are beloved for different reasons and also similar reasons. Um, let's start with Obi-Wan. What is it about Obi-Wan that you think makes him so popular and makes him such a beloved character? I mean, of course, I only speak for myself here, but I would venture to say that it it's that he's the iconic hero, mm -hmm. that knight in shining armor that's there to save the day. But he's got that level of sass to him that everybody kind of laughs and relates to. Like, oh, yeah. man, you know, he's so witty. He's so smart. Mm -hmm. um, and, and of course, he ha he was the opposite side of Anakin. He was, yeah. you know, the yin to his yang, if you will. Mm -hmm. and I think it was because of that duality that made him seem even more like a good guy. Mm. and you kind of feel for him like when when he calls out to anakin that he was like a brother to him yeah you really feel for him. like oh man he had to cut down his, his brother his yeah friend yeah yeah I, I think that's one thing that really resonates with me is that brotherhood that he had with anakin and that how that relationship was so broken and you know um that's why i'm really interested to see the the kenobi series when it comes out to see if they talk if they show how anakin or not anakin but how obi-wan dealt with that and how it affected how the loss of that relationship affected him um well it, i mean this is you know from from a military member's standpoint kind of thing um I, I would venture to say that kind of how, and obviously when they did the original trilogy, the story was written one way, and they didn't know that at the time that Vader was going to be Luke's father. You know, none of that was set in stone just yet. Yeah. So when Obi-Wan is talking with Luke and telling him about his father and all of that, if you take everything that happened, all the events of the prequels and then the original trilogy you you put all that together 
it's almost like the events that happened on Mustavar kind of gave Obi-Wan like the worst PTSD you could imagine. So he was kind of disassociating it when he was on Tatooine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Insightful. Um Yeah, I also it is interesting to see and I the how he went from Obi-Wan went from this like you said this you know nightly nightly per you know character to this sage you know this the old wizard mm -hmm. and he's like he basically became a hermit babysitter that's all it was yeah 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 exactly which is the absolutely worst possible way to hide somebody <laughs> yeah and... oh, let's leave him with his dad's name and take him to his dad's home planet and leave him with his stepbrother yeah it, it, but he'll never he hates sam though so he'll never go back there this is true this is true that see that was the smart that was smart people don't think think it was smart you know stupid of him you know just keeping it you know just changing the first his first name and keeping the last name and but yep vader anakin doesn't like sam so you know right i saw i saw you know kind of off on a, a little bit of a tangent here, but I saw this uh, little meme on the Facebooks, and it was like, uh, what to do with the twins, and they're having like a little meeting, and they're like, what of the boy? Take him to the desert planet, put him with, you know, just like Joe just said, almost verbatim, and they're like, and the girl? Oh, send her with the, the senator. She's going to be a princess and have a totally different name and live a life of luxury. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw the one is because we already know how they turn out as far as being Jedi from Tatooine. Yeah, <laughs> right. there we go. Yeah, I did like uh, again since we're going off on tangents. The meme of um, there was one where it's something about um, Anakin going crazy when he founds out that that uh, Ray buried his his lightsaber in the sand of Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> like it's something like she did what. <laughs> <laughs> little bit <laughs> right <laughs> um so well let's go on now and let's look at lord vader um and i can start right out right away it's the look i mean yeah, the look. first uh, time you see him <laughs> yeah that the first time you see him come out uh, on out of that that doorway and the smoke is billowing and you to see him come onto the ship and I it's iconic um you know the suit the voice everything is just so iconic about this character to the point that if you're to if you're to say name a character of star from Star Wars to someone that has never seen Star Wars before nine times out of ten they were probably going to say darth vader yep. and that's how iconic it'll be darth vader or luke skywalker and uh, i would bet when it comes down to the two of them eight out of ten times it's going to be vader it's going to be vader yeah because the look is so iconic um well he's the character that you know it's 
half the group loves to hate and the other half hates that they love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and we've talked about this so much is uh we've talked about this before the fact that through especially the first the f- episode 4 he's basically even though he has this iconic look and this iconic voice and everything like that he's the heavy yeah he's not the main villain he's he's the henchman he's the main henchman but he's a henchman to the main villain who is of course Tarkin um and even in episode even in return of the jedi he goes back to kind of being that role for much of it of being the henchman to in this in this case the emperor um it's only in really return uh empire strikes back that he's the main villain mm-hmm. um but even without without that you know he's just got this such aura about him and tragic the tragic backstory and finding out you know what happened to him and um just you know we've it's been said before the original trilogy is anakin's story from start to finish even from episode one to episode six is anakin's story uh anakin slash darth vader so um yeah he's just I, I actually differentiate them okay as far as character wise right, yeah yeah because they're two very different characters very much one very much little kid from that sand planet yeah the other one becomes this foreboding for you know figure that is just over everyone's yeah it's their fear and he it, doesn't really fly anymore. No, no. <laughs> no, he does not. Well, you know, you don't want to tell him he's annoying, as we saw one general find out. Or, and you don't want to uh, profess your undying love. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that comic. There's a comic where there's a nurse who uh, works for the. She's she's an imperial imperial nurse, and she works with the doctor who is Vader's personal physician and repairs, you know, helps repair all the cybernetics and any of the non-cybernetic parts of his body that are still out there. He works on those and she becomes obsessed with Vader to the point that she hides bits and pieces of his suit. Um, like when they're, when they're changing out and changing nuts and bolts and stuff like that, she'll hide the nuts and bolts and, Vader's reaction to when he finds out because she goes into his chamber and sees him without his mask on and she starts professing his uh, her undying love to him and how he loves her he she loves him just the way he is and we can be together forever and I'll never leave you I'll love you no matter what and just zoop lightsaber to the stomach that was it the whole time Vader's just staring at staring at her like no emotion whatsoever just lights a lightsaber kills her and then calls for someone to clean up the trash <laughs> it, i could see that well, yeah i mean yeah it was just all, like first of all she was stealing from him so of yeah. course you know he, 
as we all know, he can take things a bit extreme. Uh, but also, you kind of have to wonder, given his backstory, you know, here's this person that is professing their love for him much in the way Padme would. And mm. that's that's got to be like the most painful thing for him. Yeah. So he just ends it the only way he knows how. Yeah. Well, and what was interesting was the look on his face that they drew was almost one of pity. Like, like it was emotionless, but if there was any emotion, it was just like this. <sighs> I got to kill this person, don't I? I don't want to go back. And there's something for a future episode. Um, would Anakin Skywalker have turned and become the great hero he became? Um <laughs> Without Padme's influence. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that would be it. That's, I have to put that one in the old brain pan for later. For a later episode. I think that'd yes. be kind of an interesting discussion. That would be. Love. That would be. Uh, maybe we should get, um, you know, some, some, some guests on for that episode. That, definitely, definitely. We're definitely working on getting some more guests in. On the show, like a psychologist. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, that would be really. Hmm, I'll have to do some research and see if I can find any psychologist out there that would be willing to come on the show and that are also Star Wars fans. So, uh, check definitely. We need to check with colleges and universities because there are well you know, courses out there that you can take regarding yeah this kind of thing in Star Wars and that's and right. That's right. We've had um, few, uh, one of our uh, reoccurring guests on here. You guys haven't met her yet, and I'm hoping to get her on soon is Dr. Janice Liddell, who, of course, discussed Star Wars in history. Um, and she does a lot of stuff with that with pop culture and sci-fi and, and historical analog analogists and stuff like that. So she's someone that's really, really fun to have on. But anyway... Um, Back to the topic at hand is, of course, the Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Vader. Um, I love what they've done with Vader recently. Of Because um, there's this kind of feeling that the prequels kind of defanged Vader um, by showing the human side of him and showing the, you know everything that he was before he got into the suit. So, um, but I think that uh, the show Rebels and especially Rogue One really brought back that aura that made Darth Vader so terrifying in the first place. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I always look at Vader as, if you're looking at it from the viewpoint of a citizen of the galaxy at that point, he was the boogeyman. Yeah. His name, his name alone evoked more fear than he actually did. Um, you know, he I could see him being the one, uh, the kind of the kind that, you know, you tell your kids at night, you know, oh, if you don't behave, Vader's gonna come and get you. Yeah, uh, very quietly in a sealed room where there's no potential for anybody to ever hear that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um 
but but I think and that's the way that they purposely did that. They purposely made this sort of myth around Vader to make him this terrifying and um and even yeah, he, even he, he was the Empire's enforcer. Yeah. And it was one of those double edged swords, you know, of if you were if you were assigned to the five oh first, like yes, that meant you were the elite of the elite. That meant you were the best of the best. That the empire had to offer um but you also knew that that meant you had to serve under vader and vader did not tolerate anything but the best um but i do find it interesting though that if you read the comics and read the books his soldiers almost adored him they um, they basically worshipped the ground he walked on because, and this is I think one thing you can say of the quote unquote good qualities that he had, he was not willing to to send his men to do anything that he would not he was not willing to do himself. He led from the front, right? Um, even as a Sith, he led from the front, and you know I think whether you're part of a tyrannical dictatorship or part of a benevolent um, organization that wants to restore <laughs> restore peace and prosperity to the galaxy and bring back democracy. Um, you, you respect people who lead from the front and they're easy to follow. Mm-hmm. So. Which even though Vader is a completely different character than Anakin, that was one quality that Anakin had. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was always like front line with the troopers. He wouldn't send them to do something he didn't do himself. Yeah. And in fact, most of the time, he was like, no, you guys leave. I'm going to handle this. Yeah. But I think that was more. Well, which is actually, that's a big quality. part of the difference. Um, it's not so much that Anakin was a leader, is he didn't trust anybody else. Mm hmm. Whereas, as Lord Vader, he had this elite fighting force at his second call who were very devout, very loyal, and he led them directly from the front. Yeah. Uh, You know, he was right there in the trenches with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obi-Wan, on the other hand, was definitely more of that in the beginning. Yeah. As far as being the leader and the troops trusted him and was right there. And we lose that. Mm. He has to go into exile and hides. Yeah, he kind of loses that ability to be the leader in the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we kind of see in episode three, kind of like a side of Obi Wan that he's just like, no, no, the clones are doing their job, so we can do ours. Like, wait, so you're saying they're expendable? Like that—that that was kind of the takeaway mm. I took from that line. Well, and that's one thing that, and um, one of these days we're definitely going to have to do as soon as. Uh, if and when Joe ever gets a chance to watch some of the Clone Wars is really look at the Clone Wars a little bit more in depth and kind of the role in how the clones were treated um, as far as by the, by the galaxy in, in, in general. But that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, yeah, we can do quite a bit of discussion on that topic. Um, well, and that's one of the reasons I enjoy doing the show with you guys so much is 
a lot of times we hit subjects that I've never even heard on other podcasts or mm-hmm. media or anything else. Um, you know, I don't know if it's because we look deeper. Could be, or yeah. Or it's just our three personalities are just perfectly meshed to say, hey, what about, and the other two go, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's, it's a combination of that, and I think we, all three of us also like to really dig. We mm-hmm. like to kind of peel back the layers and figure out more to the story than there might be. Who knows? We might be reading into it, but it's definitely fun. Oh, definitely, oh, yeah. definitely. And, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm rereading um, Heir to the Empire right now. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. By Tim Zahn. And it's the 20th anniversary edition. So it has got notes all along throughout the book. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. And so, Ooh. you know, you get to find out about the, you know, clones. And, and this is before, you know, prequels, mm. sequels. This is. And the things that Zahn talks about, he was not given that much guidance. Yeah. Uh, he, although he was approached and asked to write this. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he talks about things like, well, I got in trouble because I made Luke's drink, favorite drink, hot chocolate. I remember that. So the fans just <laughs> start got him over that. Now it's blue milk. Yeah, now it's blue milk. Blue milk, yeah. Uh, but just even reading those little anecdotes of his in there and going, oh, you know, interesting, because he basically was handed a blank slate and said, read into what you've seen in the films and extrapolate into this. Mm-hmm. What happens after the war? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, talk about <laughs> being put in a, a rock and a hard place. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I'm take one of the most beloved franchises ever, and if I screw this up, the fans are going to just eat me alive, and that'll be the end of my writing career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's no middle ground for him. It's either going to be loved or hated. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. That, that, was, that was almost like a setup. Yeah, and luckily he hit it um, by creating one of the another iconic loved character, surprisingly. Well, he, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, and really he created uh, two really beloved characters that would go on to be really, um, like you said, Grand Admiral Thrawn and Mara Jade. Right, very instrumental in the in the Legends part of the, the series mm-hmm. universe. Oh, yeah. Uh, other authors picked up on them. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so moving on, let's discuss the characters I named as one of the most beloved characters. That, of course, is the scoundrel himself, Han Solo. Um, what do you guys think? That's right. What do you think it is about? What do you think it is that makes Han so beloved? Uh, women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can see the bad boy. I, I can see that. I think he's also, he's cool. I, he's. Yeah. And he's Harrison Ford. This helps. <laughs> he, he's knocking all the boxes. Um, yeah, he's, he's what every guy wants to be. You know, he's got the he's got the he's got the girl, he's got the car or spaceship. Um you know, he's just that he's he's just cool. 
Um, he is he exactly. Ran. He is yes. He's Ponzi in space. He's got, he's got the leather jacket. Yeah. You know, he's he's even got the touch. You know when they come on and they they're they're trying to get away and the the, the computer shuts back down. And he just hits it. Yeah, yep. that's oh, right. Box and the computer comes back up. Yeah. He's he's got that he's got that shrug where he's like, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love the fact that. And someone pointed this out in a picture that when they're getting their medals, Han's idea of dressing up is just buttoning the top two buttons of his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> that was his idea of dressing up. You know, Luke wore this, you know, nice black outfit, you know, and Leia's all regaled out. And Han's just like, one, two, all right, I'm good. Here's my vest. Here's my shirt buttoned up. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Somebody polished his boots for him, too. That's right. That's right. You know. At least they wore clothes. I mean, what was Chewie's excuse? That's why he didn't get a medal. That's Maybe no he had pants on. No shirt, no shoes, no service. <laughs> That's why you didn't make it onto this list, Chewie. <laughs> Put yeah, some pants got, on. Man, you're Wookie. Hide that junk. <laughs> I don't care if you are 300 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in in honesty, though, like kind of on the topic, like Han is that quintessential rogue. He's mm -hmm. he's the anti-hero. He's there to do good because there's something he can gain from. Yeah. You know? and, and you're absolutely right. He's got that quote unquote cool factor. Like he's not tied down to any one thing. He's got his own ship. He goes. He can go fly around. He gets into trouble, like we see yeah. right off the bat with Jabba. And you see, like, this attitude where he's talking to a crime boss, and he's just like, hey, look, you know, what was I going to do? Yeah, exactly. The smuggler you got. You're not going to fire me. Yeah. That's right. He, he, in many ways, is kind of, I think, what secretly, like, we look at characters like Luke or Princess Leia, who are beloved in their own right. And we can kind of, you know, these ideals, we kind of lofty, you know, aspire to these lofty ideals. But I think there's something in the back of our lizard brain that's like, I want to be Han Solo. That's who I want to be. <laughs> I want to be that. It's like, can I have both of them? Can I get the can I get the lightsaber and be Han Solo? Can I get both of those? <laughs> well, sure. I mean, anybody can get a lightsaber. Well, and then you, know, then, then you have... You gotta know who to buy it from. But if you, if you actually get that, you get episode three in the Clone Wars Anakin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you get, you know, Han Solo, the, the, the ruffian, the rogue, with Jedi powers, you get Anakin. Well, hopefully more real personality shows up from, from Han Solo himself. Yeah, uh, this is true. <laughs> You know, um, although you do hear the same thing. It's not my fault. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, so what what did you like the most about the Han Solo movie? Ooh. And this is interesting because this is a character that we also discussed as being one of the more hated characters, uh, particularly um, with his the actor that portrayed him in the Han Solo movie. Um... That's a tough one. Um, 
because the solo movie is definitely down near the bottom of my list of favorite Star of of Star Wars movies. Uh, yeah. Well, that, wow. that's kind of what I was getting at, to be honest, is that when you look at the Han Solo movie, or Han, depending on who you're following, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just, to me, to me, so this is just to Ray, that movie was all fan service. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was just about taking all the little quips and things that Han has said in the original trilogies and making a movie about it. And to yeah. me, I think that was a really lackluster move and didn't provide any real depth to the character. I agree. Well, yeah, the movie didn't add any depth to the storyline. Uh, right. Like you said, it was 100% fan service. We want to get something out there, make a lot of money off it, whether it's any good or not. So let's take that chick from Game of Thrones, who's so popular right now. Well, he's yeah. a good actress, but give her such a lackluster character to play. Yeah, hoping her name is just going to help draw more people to watch the movie. Yeah, um, let's just pick the first person to play a young Han Solo. Uh, well, you know, even if he is shorter, um, not as cool as Harrison Ford. Well, let's be honest though. This to the screen. Is anybody as cool as Harrison Ford? <laughs> right. I mean, come on. Um, the only thing that I say that I liked in that movie. Um, was I did like showing him meeting Chewie. That was kind of that was that was kind of neat, and I did like their portrayal of the ground war, where you see them on the ground where they're fighting they're fighting that rebellion on that on that planet, and you see they're in the mud in the muck, and it felt like again like a real war. Um, yeah. I like those I like those those scenes. Um. Other than that, I don't know. I, I said this time and time again. It was the movie that no one asked for. <laughs> yeah. No one was asking for a Han Solo movie because we know what we we already know everything we need to know about Han. There was nothing. That, yeah. There was nothing else we needed to know about Han. We knew we knew who Han was. We knew what he was about, and his you know his story from when we, first time we see him to when he is killed by his son and most of us were happy with that i mean most of us i was happy was just i mean up to the backstory of you know being at the academy uh, and all that changed yeah stuff we've grown up with thanks to legends which Mm -hmm. you know i still think disney has made some mistakes there um in how they treated legends but you know having corellian blood strife all these neat little things that over the last 30 years we've got to say or or figure out and then they're just like yeah none of that we're just going to completely rewrite this guy yeah in his younger life yeah yep. and even even the point of giving him the name solo was the name that was given to him right because right. he didn't have a families you know instead of having him be from uh carillion royalty yeah well, one of the big things was, you know, everybody was on about, oh my gosh, how could they kill Han Solo off? That's that's such a, why would they do that? They killed such an iconic character. And a lot of those people don't remember or didn't even know that, you know, back in episode five, when he got frozen in carbonite, 
Like, that was one of Harrison Ford's conditions to coming back to doing the movie was that the possibility of killing off Han was a thing. Yeah. Because he didn't really like the character himself. He wanted Han killed off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why it was so surprising when when we saw him come back in Episode Nine. Right. For that scene. um, I think it was solely for that purpose that he would finally be able to give closure to that character. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what got a lot of people upset with the death of Han was it felt like there was no closure to that character. And I think that that scene in episode nine with him talking to Ben and which uh, was completely uncredited. Um, Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool, but I still think that was a good way to kind of give that character closure and kind of wrap up his story in a bow. Um, right, you know. Well, two kind of two uh, thoughts here is like first of all, I want to say my favorite part of the Han Solo movie was Chewie. That, so yes, I'm just gonna leave. Yes, I'm just gonna leave that there. Uh, Chewie was awesome. But you know, we're we're talking about like you know the best characters and and why Han was so so you know cool and all that. And let's face it, one of the big selling points of Han was the Millennium Falcon. That's right. Oh yeah. Just well, like it's Fonzie's motorcycle. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He had the he had the the Corvette. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knew that this was Han. Everybody else had the same kind of ships. You know, you see tons of star destroyers. You see the little uh, tri-wing moon landers. You see the Tie Fighters, X-wings. Everybody's got the same stuff. But Han, Han had that beautiful ship. Yeah. Yes. Take your pick. Well, you know, it's like he had the classic uh, 1960s era Corvette, but he's never bothered to restore it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's just put parts into the engine to make sure it runs well, runs runs good, and that's all he cares about. <laughs> I was gonna say he bought it as a project, but didn't have the money to see that well i see i see actually i got a better analogy um if you know anything about um history of the rum runners and the uh the moonshiners down south that's that's basically he was they used souped up cars that looked you know these raggedy old jalopies but they were so souped up that they could do they could outrun anything any any police car that was chasing him, and that's basically what he did. He souped up this old jalopy and got it to the point that no Imperial could catch him. You know, it may not look nice on the outside, but it's got to where it counts. <laughs> well, most of the time. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, it, but, you know, hey, it's not his fault. Yeah, right. He maybe shouldn't have skipped that, uh, uh, you know, scheduled maintenance. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Stop putting tape over the uh, dummy lights on the panel. <laughs> but, I mean, the the reality of it is Han was kind of everything that the other characters weren't. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of really fit into that role that everybody was kind of looking for. Mm-hmm. You had the hero, you had the princess, you just, you needed that rogue in there to, mm. and, you know, you even had the wizard 
Yeah. At first it was Obi Wan, and then it became uh, yep. um, Yoda. Yeah. Like there's the crazy old wizard. Uh, mm-hmm. But they had all the makings of like this, you know, quote unquote fantasy tale in space. Mm-hmm. They just needed that rope, that that guy with the charisma. And I think they got that with Harrison Ford being Han Solo. Yeah, very much so. Um, and I also love like each of the like when you look at the original character trilogy, you see the growth of all the different characters. And you even see that with with um, Han, where by the end of it, he's not just this this, you know, smuggler who's in it just for the money and um is looking for his you know what's the quickest way to get a quick buck and you know he's he's grown and he realizes that there's more than just him in the in the galaxy that it's not just about him and what he can get out of it you know um so you see you definitely see a lot of growth with that character and yeah i mean he's just a cool character well, and yeah. now instead of money, he wants the hot chick. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only by default, though, because she's related to the other guy in the story. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I think one we... of the best best scenes I ever is he's my brother, and and the look on on his face. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. The the what? What? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, because he probably instantly thought back to that moment where she, he smooched him, and he's like, "Wait a minute, I don't know what goes on in your family, but I'm out of here." <laughs> Wait a minute, are you from Alabama Prime? No, I'm just kidding. Apologies to our listeners in Alabama. We meant to say West Virginia. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. that's... I, I was thinking Arkansas myself. <laughs> there you go. That little chunk of America. <laughs> no, we, we love our fans. It's just, we do. It's we do. We're, it's all in jest. It's all in jest. I could, I can make fun of the Midwest, my own area, for um, our in, in, inherent love of, our innate love of ranch dressing and our use of the word ope constantly for everything. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, the ones to blame for the new ranch shaking powder stuff. That's us. Yes, ranch is God's condiment. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, um, I think we had a really good discussion here about the uh, these three characters and kind of their place in the Star Wars universe and why they are so beloved. Um, so before we before we get going, uh, kind of final thoughts on any of these characters. Uh, Ray, we'll start with you. Um, I mean, all three of them are honestly the most quintessential people. Like like you guys said before, when you say Star Wars, these are the people you think of. And mm-hmm. granted, there's many more that we didn't really touch on. There's Ahsoka Tano, um, Luke Skywalker himself, Princess Leia. There, there's a slew of them, but yeah. I, I think these three are really the ones that everybody knows. They're household mm-hmm. names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would only add uh, R2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think of R2. You know, we might end up doing a part two of this one. 
See what I did there? Part two of R2? Part two featuring R2. Uh, try the VL. Don't forget to tip your waitresses. I'll be here all night. Use more ranch. <laughs> it hurts so bad. Uh, anyway, that will do it for this week. As always, um, go around the table. And Joe, where can people find you? You can find me on Facebook under Joe K. Hill, Director, Producer, or Steamhouse Entertainment. Uh, always here at War of the Stars. Uh, Realm of the Mist. I'm doing uh, Chronicles of the Lost Realm again. And then, Ray, I'll let you talk about our other project that we, we, we've begun. Oh, oh I... yeah. Ooh, interesting. Do tell. Uh, all right. So kind of starting off, you can find me on all forms of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, under The Leo Effects. That's uh, my interview podcast that I like to do. Um, and then you can also find me on a brand new show that's just come out. It's a tabletop, uh, meaning that we roll dice. Uh, we roll dice. We play characters. Joe is part of this. He's got a really awesome character that just got introduced. Um, it is a bi-weekly release uh, fantasy in space called Starfinder. Mm. The, the show itself is called The Adventures of the Starship Colonel Error. Um, it's, it's a joke. You have to listen to the show to get it. And, uh, you know, it's been a blast so far. Joe's character just got introduced, and, and all I can say is he's amazing. He does Aww. some really cool things, and you're going to like it. We've got some uh, really nice people doing some voice acting in there. We've got Kennedy Phillips, who was in uh, Hasbin Hotel as the sound designer, and he also has his own audio drama called Magus Elgar. So those are definitely some other shows to check out to kind of get to know him a little bit better. Um, everybody kind of has their own personality in that show, and they don't always mesh. So, it's fun. Hmm. Sounds fun. I'll have to, definitely have to give that a listen. Uh, as for this show right here, if you want to get a, in contact with us, there are, of course, several ways you can do that. First of all, you can email us at waroftheSars1 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. That way, if that's not your cup of tea, uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at War of the Stars One or on Instagram at War of the Stars One. Also, uh, also check us out on our Facebook page, which is ironically War of the Stars, and also search for War of the Stars for the Facebook group. Uh, if you want to support the channel, a couple ways you can do that. You can do, first of all, you can go to our Patreon page, which is, of course, patreon.com backslash War of the Stars. Or you can just go to Anchor and click that Anchor support tab and uh, support us that way. You can also hear us, as I mentioned already, right on anchor.fm. It is your one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. And we're also found, found pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are heard. That will do it for this week. Join us again next week as we continue to dive into the world of Star Wars. And remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars.
Until next time, may the force be with you.